Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. The people of the 9th Congressional District in North Carolina will have to wait until September at least to talk to their representative. State officials have ordered a redo following evidence of ballot fraud during November's voting. Joining me is Josh Douglas, professor at the University of Kentucky College of Law. His new book is Vote for Us, How to Take Back Our Elections and Change the Future of Voting. Josh, how unusual is it to have a federal election nullified and redone because of fraud? June, I think it is pretty unusual. Um, I can't think of a recent example in the past couple of years, at least. The most prominent example I can think of was a Miami mayoral election from 1997, also involving absentee ballot fraud that eventually had to be redone. So it's not unprecedented, but it's pretty rare. But the fraud here was so obvious that even the Republican candidate who benefited finally admitted that a new election should be held. The election board hearings were remarkable, including the son of the winner testifying. What was the most important testimony? Well, the son's testimony was really riveting because he said that he raised red flags about this political operative, a guy named Dallas, and his prior actions uh, that were questionable in prior elections, and yet the candidate Mark Harris still moved forward and used him. But I think the most damning evidence was simply uh, a combination of the statistical studies that showed that these absentee ballots couldn't be explained by anything other than fraud, as well as as uh, the evidence of individuals, individual voters who, you know, admitted to giving their ballots to someone to then deliver without knowing exactly what had happened with those ballots. So this has nothing to do with the voter ID policies that are being pushed in so many states. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, a voter ID policy, in fact, North Carolina has a pretty strict voter ID policy, um, and it didn't do anything to prevent the fraud. And to, to hear some people, I think Mitch McConnell said on the Senate floor something about how we need a strict voter ID law to prevent this sort of thing, but that that's just pure nonsense. I mean, a voter ID law applies to only in-person voting, not absentee or mail-in balloting. In an Elon University poll of North Carolina registered voters, just more than half reported that they thought election fraud was a major problem in that state. What can be done going forward to make sure they have confidence in the electoral system and to make sure this doesn't happen again? Well, I think there are a couple things. I mean, first, that number, I think, reflects the frenzy over voter fraud that so many people have that's peddled by various entities and individuals who you know, drum up this idea that there's so much voter fraud, it's rampant from the president all the way down. You know, after the 2016 election, even he was saying there was 3 million illegal votes. They all happen to come from California where he lost. But there's no evidence for that. So the first thing we need to do is stop believing these stories of rampant voter fraud that have no basis in fact. And then the second thing we can do is we can target where voter fraud, and I hesitate to say voter fraud, because the North Carolina example wasn't voter fraud. It was election fraud. In fact, the voters were trying to comply with the rules, and it was an unscrupulous operative who defrauded the voters through this election fraud. So we can come up with policies, and they're in place in in various states, to make our mail-in balloting system more secure. What about voter education? Is that part of it? 
Well, absolutely. I mean, voter education, both on the fact that fraud is not a huge component and voter fraud in particular is not a huge component of our system is vital, as well as education as to the proper steps to fill out your ballot and to return it. Um, And so, you know, many voters in North Carolina didn't realize that the law doesn't allow them to give their ballot to someone else to deliver. So certainly voter education on just the way we vote, while also making it easier to comply with those rules, I think would be really vital. So, Josh, your book is called Vote for Us, How to Take Back Our Elections and Change the Future of Voting. Tell us a little bit about it and what's your best advice? Sure. So the book is out on April 9th, and it tells the stories, somewhat surprising stories of people I call democracy champions who are working in their local communities to make their elections better, to make them more inclusive, bring more people into the political process. You know, so much of what we hear about voting rights, just like in this North Carolina example, is doom and gloom, how we're making it harder to vote and voter suppression is taking over. And that's concerning, of course, but we also have to take the next step of promoting positive voting rights reforms. And so the book tells the stories of these individuals who are focusing on these things. Things like improving universal vote by mail, or also known as vote at home, which a handful of states use, that increases turnout substantially without having a fraud concern. Or independent redistricting commissions, and how those have sort of taken hold and and made sure that politicians can't be the ones that draw the boundaries. Voter registration, using automatic voter registration or same-day registration. These are all positive reforms that make it easier to participate and ultimately improve turnout. About a minute here, Josh. What are your concerns for the 2020 elections? Interference from other countries, voting machines malfunctioning, poor ballot designs, long lines, voter suppression, the list goes on. Well, there's probably more than a minute that that we would need to cover sort of all of the issues. But to me, the number one issue would be voter apathy and low voter turnout. Um, You know, when we have just over half the country uh, deciding who wins an election, that's particularly concerning for me. And so I think we need to adopt these policies that that fix that. But also, we do need to be vigilant about Russian or other interference uh, in the election. Thanks for being on Bloomberg Law, Josh. That's Josh Douglas, a professor at the University of Kentucky College of Law. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.